Welcome back, Dr. Z. Who do we have with us today? We have Pat Miller, and this is going to be an inspired and an idea-filled episode because Pat Miller is the idea coach. Love that. Now, he is also a syndicated radio host mm -hmm. and small business community builder where he solves problems for small business owners. It's your dream. Don't grow it alone. I love that tagline. So, Pat, tell our audience more, more about yourself. Well, it's great to see you, too. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, about me? Wow. Golfer, broadcaster, music file, father, friend, uh, guy that likes to sit on his back patio and have a beer and barbecue. Like, I'm pretty simple. <laughs> Pretty simple guy and uh, got bit by the bug of helping out small business owners. And that turned out to be the career. Uh, so I feel very fortunate doing what I'm doing, happier than I've ever been, more fulfilled than I'd ever been. Nice. And uh, life is good. Life is good right now. Good. Yeah. So were you formerly or, or still are radio host and then you morphed into this becoming a coach, a business coach? Yeah. In high school, my high school speech team coach said, hey, you should come on the speech team and you should do this specific category, a competition called radio speaking. And I'd never done anything like wow. that before. And this high school speech teacher started everything. So I started competing in speech team and I'm like, wow, this radio thing is pretty cool. <laughs> and, you know, what was that? No, no, I was laughing. That's amazing oh, cool. that you got this start in high school from a guy that put you on the path. Yeah. Serendipity, right? Could she yeah, actually... people come into our life and they direct yeah. us. Right. Could she yep. actually tell just by listening to you that you, even in high school, you were exhibiting that because your, vo your voice is very calm and soothing and just, yeah, dude, I could totally hear you on the radio. Dude, you got a great radio voice. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons why they said I should try it. And okay. I tried it and I liked it. And that turned into college at Illinois State. Nice. And Illinois State has, because I was at Central Illinois at the time, mm -hmm. they have a terrific broadcasting program. And I spent every single day, summer, winter, fall breaks, every single day in the radio station. Wow. Ended wow. up getting a job doing it, moved mm -hmm. all around the Midwest. Uh, on the air and building radio stations mm -hmm. and then ended up here in Milwaukee 13 or 14 years ago at 620 WTMJ and 94.5 WKTI. And <laughs> I loved being a broadcaster. I did. It's great. Yeah. And what happens? Is there like a life cycle to broadcasting? I mean, you got the anomalies, like I'm thinking the sports guy he's on. Um, can't think of his name right now. Steve, the Homer true, right? He's been in it forever. But is there a life cycle? Like we had Mitch Thunder and Ellis on recently. You guys have both seems to have had to reinvent yourselves. Want to expand on that? Talk I'm having some internet connection issues. I'm, I'm, I, I, I hold on. We're, we're breaking up here. Oh. oh, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear us? Now I can hear you. Now I can hear you. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Your question was, um, what's the life cycle for a broadcaster? Yes. I was talking about, you might not have heard the part where I said, 
like Steve, the Homer true mm-hmm. sports guy that Mitch worked with, you know, he's been, he's in his sixties now and he's still going. Of course he's does the, uh, you know, Marquette golden Eagle basketball broadcast. So he's probably got a leg up there, but is there a life cycle for other people? Definitely on that? for sure. So when I got into the business in the early nineties, I was um, a part of the great decline leading up to the early nineties. The radio business had, you know, no internet competition because the internet didn't exist. When I got into the business competition showed up, satellite Mm -hmm. radio showed up, but the internet is really what to start to um, divide up people's attention for entertainment and content. And from 1990, I think I got my first job on air as a pro Mm -hmm. in 93 from 1993 to now, over that, oh my gosh, is that 30 years already? Over that <laughs> yeah. 30 years, the audience um, was divided and divided and divided. So what happened was, up until that time, revenue was great. Stations were making money. They had a huge mind share of the audience. But in my time in the business, from the moment I got in to the moment I got out, staff was cut. Budgets were cut. Yeah. Because profitability was at risk. Yeah. So I had to fire a bunch of people. I had to downsize a bunch of people. I had to take radio stations to a thing they call voice tracking, where mm-hmm. you pre-record your shows and there's not even a live air talent in the studio. Wow. Uh, so if you're like Steve the Homer True, a legacy air talent, yeah. those people are fine right. because they, they're needed. But there might only be one or two of the folks like that at a station anymore. The rest of them are you know, piped in from other markets or Mm -hmm. whatever. So if you're not an executive or a salesperson or not one of the long serving talents, yeah, it's a really dicey market because they're just downsizing, downsizing like crazy. Mm. What was it that attracted you to it? Um, And, and how does somebody become a legend or, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what separates those who really rise to the top and are, and have that longevity? That's a good question. I think, first of all, what attracted me to it, it was fun. It was really fun. And I like being on the air because when you're on the air, you have the chance to give someone something that they want. You can make them laugh. You can give them information that they need. You can play their favorite song. You have a position and a relationship with people. And I really like having that conversation very much like this. I like doing this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And what separates people who make it big time and those that don't, it's probably people that are different, Mm -hmm. know they're different, and they lean into their differences. It's not a lot different than what we're doing outside of the radio industry, where people that are willing to lean into their differences and live out loud, however they're wired, they're the ones that stand out from the crowd. Right. Because there are a million people that all do the same thing. There are very few people that do different things. Mm-hmm. That holds true in the radio business. It also holds true in what we do, trying to build our own small business. Right. So then tell us more about how you, okay, now you did that. You were on the radio and lead us into where you went with, how did this all come about? How did the idea collective, which mm-hmm. you're going to, we're going to plug that at the end is 
how did the idea collective evolve and did you get the uh, tell us some about the ideas and how it all came about sure in the last few years of being in broadcasting i was becoming more and more dissatisfied mm -hmm. i just wasn't having as much fun I was yeah. being told what to do more than coming up with what I think should be done. Yeah. Uh, I was compromising on the ways that I wanted to do something based on budgets and opportunities. I was firing people I didn't want to fire, doing yeah. more with less. And I woke up one day and just realized I was building somebody else's dream, mm -hmm. not mine. Yeah. And I thought, I'm 44. Mm -hmm. If I don't leave the business now, I'll never leave the business. Yeah. And if I don't leave the business, I'll never have something that's my own. And yeah. something that I can feel like I used all of my talents and skills to build something that matters to me and my family yeah. and try to make a difference. So as I became more and more dissatisfied, mm -hmm. I, you know, through the coaching and support of my wife, Abby, who mm -hmm. had already gone out and built her own small business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, why don't you come to networking with me? Why don't you come meet mm -hmm. some people and yeah. see what else is out there and what else you might be able to do? Because at the time, I wasn't convinced that I would start a small business. I was just convinced that I would do something else. Yeah. Mm. As I went out and started to network with other people, I realized that some of the things that I knew how to do, that I was trained to do in the radio business, okay. small business owners could use some help with. Right. And specifically, that was helping people position how they talk about their business and how they present themselves to their customers or potential customers mm -hmm. uh, by narrowing down the services that they provide narrowing down who they're for and why they're different. And when I left the radio station, I started helping some people with that, positioning the business, naming the business, coming up with promotions, stuff that I've been doing forever yeah. in the pandemic or uh, in the radio business. When the mm -hmm. pandemic hit, that's when the radioism really jumped up to bite me mm -hmm. because when you're a broadcaster, they tell you on the first day of being a broadcaster, you're there to serve the public. Mm -hmm. They take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. Times of national events or crisis, emergencies, blizzards. I mean, I've slept overnight at the radio station before. Wow. I've, um, yeah, during a blizzard in Milwaukee, I stayed for like 48 hours, slept on the couch, just so someone was in the air or on the air to tell people what was going on and how they could wow. be safe. Um, on the morning of 9-11, I was on the air broadcasting mm -hmm. when it happened, wow. and we rallied to do like a, this is Lincoln, Nebraska. I'll tell you that story in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you react right away to serve the public in times of emergency. Yeah. So when the pandemic hit, that was an emergency for small business owners. So you don't run to the basement when the tornado comes, you run to the studio. So instead yeah. of sitting around and watching all my small business colleagues crash and burn because every other organization didn't know what to do, I thought, darn it, we're going to go on the air, on the air, which was Zoom, and yeah. start a show that I called Small Business Rally Point. And mm -hmm. we started doing a daily Zoom show for small business owners to bring people together, to share what we saw, to be positive. And the idea was, we're going to get through this together. Mm. That was the idea. So I started doing that show every day. 90 days later, someone said to me, you know, you started a community here. Right. I didn't even know what a community was. I'm like, okay, great. What is that? So we went and did some research and realized that the Idea Collective should exist. We named it. We launched it. And that was three years ago on June 1st. Wow. 
That's now you awesome. actually calling yourself an idea coach that didn't start right away right that that came sometime later right <laughs> it so did it that. did that story yeah yeah that was harder than i thought it was going to be <laughs> i needed a way to describe what i did and and what i loved and yeah. how how i helped people and i didn't do traditional business coaching and I didn't do marketing. And I thought, well, where do I add value to people? Yeah. And the way that I add value to people, or at least I try to add value to people, is I help them think. And I help them think bigger. And I push them to go further than they think is possible. And I help them crystallize the way that they're creating ideas and moving forward. Mm. And that's where the idea coach came from, where it was, you know, that's that's one of the things that I do. And I really love to do it. Uh, so that's how I came up with the name. But I mean, it took me <sighs> months, months and months before I was willing to say it out loud. Because there was head trash and there was um, imposter syndrome. And there was who the hell are you to call yourself something and all of that. It took me a lot of work uh, to get through it. But that was a couple of years ago. And it's that's the part of personal growth, right? When right. you grow, you look back at the things that held you back and you're like, I was worried about that. I can't believe I was worried about that. <laughs> Incredible. So tell us more about, we love to give the viewers and listeners this. Anybody that's thinking about, they may be in radio right now. Mm -hmm. You live long enough, some crap's going to happen to you, right? It's yep. It's a shifting sand. So talk more about how when you made that transition, some of the adversities that those early on adversities that you went through that you can share with everyone mm -hmm. so that you can give them, we love to inspire and motivate, right? That's our top thing to do as coaches. So what are some of the inspirational and motivational things, right? I love inspiration leads to motivation, which is action. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the crime of the century. <laughs> the crime of the century relates to people in broadcasting and people that have their own business already. Mm -hmm. The crime is all of us don't appreciate and realize how talented we are yeah. and how much we can actually do. Mm -hmm. The people that are in the broadcasting industry have been trained in customer service, sales, message generation, speaking, relationship building, all of these things that normal people need to learn how to do, yeah. but broadcasters organically learn how to do. Mm. And instead of taking those talents and going out to build something using those talents, they're left in the broadcasting industry. Many of them are not making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Many of them are getting downsized. Many of them are super overworked doing yeah. two or three jobs at once just to stay in the business. Mm. So when I left the industry, and I started to talk to people about things that just came to me naturally, not because I'm talented and smart, just because the industry had trained me how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I started to realize, oh my gosh, there's so much knowledge that I have mm -hmm. that I didn't know other people didn't because I always hung around broadcasters. Yeah, <laughs> And that I think can be equated to almost anyone, especially those that worked in corporate that are starting their own small business. Mm -hmm. You have no idea how much you can serve others, one, and two, how much you have to give to potential clients or customers 
by just being yourself and yeah. all of the knowledge you've accumulated over the years, just because you are doing something that other people tell you what to do, doesn't mean you don't possess a ridiculous amount of talent that can go out and be monetized and built as a business or a service provider. So to me, that's the big crime of the radio industry and my own personal story is I spent decades doing what other people told me to do, not realizing how much opportunity could be created if I took the things I had learned in the industry and used them for myself. Exactly. And I'm thinking too, like one of the skills is as a broadcaster or even a reporter, you have so much information coming at you but you know how to design and craft it so that there's that impact, you know, really focus it in on the most important, what's most important right now. And you're right. That is a skill because <laughs> not yeah. a lot of people can really curate the information that they do have. hundred percent. When I was on FM radio, especially you would talk over the start of a song and they called it the post. Yeah. And, you know, a post might be eight seconds, it might be 24 seconds. And when that happened, you had to get whatever your thought was compacted down to that eight or 24 seconds. <laughs> Plus, wow. you had to add the station name and the time yeah. and your name. Wow. So you had to get really good to share what needed to be said in a short, compelling way. And when you do that, I mean, I was on the air for over 20 years. Wow. So, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of what needs to be said here. How do I compact it to a way that they want to hear and hit the post? So when Santana starts playing his guitar, I'm out or whatever it might be. Right? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I never even, I never thought about that. How much, how much does go into a, a production, right? It's yeah. Probably like a film production, but in just a smaller time window. So who are some of the mentors that kind of helped you out along the way, even before you maybe back in when you were still in high school, you know, um, that helped you with your speech, with your speech pattern, maybe, or speech <laughs> coach. Have you ever had a speech a coach? Speech coach, or, or was it just a natural thing that, that you developed? Well, it's not a mentor, but I did have a speech therapist back in the Ooh. day. Oh, so okay. when I was in grade school, I couldn't say my R's. Mm. Uh, I, so caw and, you know, waste. <laughs> I couldn't say, I couldn't <laughs> say R. From the East, East Coast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sounded like I was from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. So I, I took speech therapy lessons for a, a long time to learn how to say it. So I still have to be kind of careful at times when I'm tired or mm -hmm. uh, doing a bunch of work in one day uh, mm -hmm. or when I'm on stage and I'm really excited. I have to be very careful with my diction to make sure that I don't slip back into those. Uh, but mentors along the way, uh, my first mentor were, were my parents. My father mm -hmm. is still my hero. Mm -hmm. And, you know, learning how he carried himself and all the things that he taught me along the way. Um, you know, I still every day endeavor to be a good guy because that's what he always told me. Just be a good yeah. guy and do your best. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, that is my programming to treat others the way that they need to be treated and uh, be an example for my children is to be a good guy and do your best. Nice. So built on that, you know, when I got to college, there was a uh, advisor for the radio stations, Deb Lesser. 
who remains a mentor to me, taught mm-hmm. me everything about how to be a professional. And then a couple of general managers along the way, Mark Halverson mm-hmm. and Tom Langmeyer and Steve Wexler and people that really helped um, guide me mm-hmm. because I was not the best employee because, <laughs> you know, to do what I did or, you know, the job that I had was pretty straightforward. See the ball, hit the ball, do the thing, do what they're doing in New York here in Milwaukee. Like don't get too creative. Just do it the way it should be done. And I didn't like that. I like to come up with new ways to do things and try and do stuff that was my way of doing it. And those uh, bosses were great because they humored me. They gave me the rope that I needed to continue (laughs) to be creative and try things the new way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. So we use the secret code, Elliot, our digital marketing, one of our digital marketing coaches, he, uh, we created a Facebook group, self-care secrets, feel free to join. And we've got a questionnaire and he, he says, one of those deals with the secret code, which is cracking your code, which is the bank code. We use that in our business. Personality. Yeah. And it's great for figuring out so the bank is an acronym for blueprint action nurturing knowledge and it's really helpful in terms of figuring out if you're in coaching like we are and you are which me leads me to my next question is how do you deal with helping the people that have all these different personalities like the great basketball coach he doesn't coach everybody the same right so with that Mm -hmm. said how do you deal with and recognize that everybody has these different personality types and how do you get, how do you garner all that? That's a tough question and something that more accomplished coaches than I can teach on. Cause I'm not, you know, I've only been doing it a few years. Right. I coach talent back in the radio industry. And um, my answer to that would be understanding what the outcome is and using whatever input I put into the conversation or relationship with a focus on what is the output we're trying to achieve. Cause you're right. I might coach you different than Dr. Z based on right. who you are and how you react. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think some of the uh, coaching profession really is an art form that you have to treat each person differently based right. on the input. Um, I could always get better at it, but mm-hmm. if I keep my focus on what is the outcome they're trying to achieve? And I think that's the important part. When mm-hmm. I started coaching people, I was trying to get them to an outcome that I thought they should get to. Okay. And if I know what the outcome is that they're trying to achieve, I get them to work better on what they're doing. So to answer the question, knowing what their outcome is, Mm -hmm. and then doing my best to diagnose, how do we stimulate them and hold them accountable to get there? And you're exactly right. It's different for every person. Yeah. And I think too, like what you were saying about how sometimes the person themselves may not really know the direction that they want to go into. But I think that's where it's helpful having those um, general idea of what are, is their personality? What are their strengths? Because the the values tend to run alongside that. And so then reaching those outcomes, being led by values is I think what what is the most powerful about that. So to our listeners, if you are interested in learning about the personality codes, we'll keep put a link in the show notes where you can download this personality test called Bank because it'll help you and guide you in terms of your values. But getting back to <laughs> 
to the, um, the, the questions that I had, how did you know maybe that you were going to be successful? Like you said, you got the feedback mm -hmm. that um, you were good at kind of helping people, pu pulling out those ideas. And so was it just a, that helped guide you towards feeling that you could be successful at this? Other than a hope and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely and that's the thing this all is a hope and a prayer if you ask me hey pat are you successful i would say not yet mm. i i don't feel successful every day feels like a struggle mm. uh, absolutely do you wow. do you feel successful i don't feel successful yet i do i'm extremely successful we can have a cup of coffee and talk about how much stuff I have overcome because it's incredible. I Good. I like to say Zelda says, um, you know, Dr. Z and Professor P. But recently, I don't I don't have a PhD in educational <laughs> one, but I have a PhD in adversity and L.I.F.E. Ah. Right. <laughs> so I've learned so much and I'm a lifelong learner going back to that code we were talking about. <laughs> I'm a high knowledge. Zelda's a high knowledge person. I asked you about books because then I said, hey, I'm a book guy. We have a booking it segment, right? Yeah. So I we have learned so much. And being a lifelong learner gives us a huge advantage over the rest of other people. Plus, we're a team. Yeah, yeah. So I think like what you're saying, community, curiosity, <laughs> <laughs> connection. I think those are some of the things that really drive success. Because that, you know, those are like values, they're innate, and they are, they kind of set the stage, put those, those steps in place to kind of follow along. So back to the question, where did it, it start to go? Hey, we're getting traction here. We're, we're making a difference. Yeah. The evolution. Talk more about that. Yeah. The Idea Collective formation. Well, before the Idea Collective, we did a series of in-person events called Brand Crafted. Mm, where we yeah. brought people together in person in Milwaukee. Mm. And I'll never forget, it was November of 2019. Not <laughs> November of 2019. We did a big event called Crush 2020. Okay. And the idea was, let's get together and do a planning event for next year. I brought in a bunch of speakers. We filled a venue. hundred and some odd people were there. It was fantastic. It mm. was awesome. <laughs> and... 2020 happened 90 days later and just bang, <laughs> we fell on our face. And I still look back at that and think crush 2020 was awesome, but it taught a really big lesson because yeah, we had to pivot and yeah, we had to do something different, but the values of brand crafted and the in-person events are exactly the values of the idea collective mm. that it evolved and something that, you know, you've heard a million times, this too shall pass. I say it to my kids all the time, this too <laughs> yeah. shall pass. Yeah. That when we run into challenges or opportunities, mm -hmm. they will pass. So when Crush 2020 was great, it evolved, even though it failed, because by the time the economy shut down, yep. it evolved into a new opportunity, which turned out to be way bigger for me which is the Idea Collective and now the Small Business Rebellion, which is going to be our in-person events all throughout the Midwest that we're just now launching and our annual conference and such. So mm -hmm. it took us into a much bigger success 
from failure. So as I started to talk about bringing small business owners together and I started getting them together in the same room and getting them into a Facebook group, mm. that's where I started to feel like, okay, I might be onto something, yeah. but then bang, everything stopped. We had to refigure out what we're doing and now we're back on it again. So back to your earlier question, do I feel successful? No, I don't what? because we haven't gotten to where the vision is yet, yeah. right? I'm fueled by the idea of, we got so much further to go. Yeah. Mm. What's the vision? Oh, the vision for the Idea Collective is the AARP of small business in the U.S. If you start a small business, you got to be an Idea Collective member. You have to have the others around you mm -hmm. because I'm convinced the missing ingredient, the missing ingredient for small business in the U.S. is that people um, put competition over collaboration. And I think that's exactly backwards. It's collaboration over competition. There is no reason why small business owners could not be working with one another so we can all grow. I'm not saying co-selling. I'm not, I'm not saying price fixing. It has nothing to do with that. It's you two have figured out something that I don't know how to do and vice versa. And there's no reason why we can't exchange notes and support one another as we grow because no one cares if we succeed or not. No one cares. Half of us are going to fail. If you're watching this and you're a small business owner, half of us are going to fail. And yeah. that's a statistical fact. And it makes me angry. And I will not feel like I'm successful until that number changes. So that's the vision. I want this to be a service and a product that helps everyone achieve their dream because small business is not a job. Small business is a dream. I have a vision about what I want to build. You have a vision about what you want to build. And it disrespects the dreamers to have us look at it as a transaction. That's not what we're doing. And if I let people down, I'm letting them down on building their dreams. So that's what fuels me is helping people make their dreams come true, which just saying it out loud gives me goosebumps because that is a totally different vibe than did I sell enough things or did we fill a venue? No, it's way more noble and high-minded than that because the courage that it takes for someone to cast a dream and chase it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is something that should be honored. For sure. For sure. Yeah. The collaboration piece. I love that. And this is something that I coined. It hasn't caught on yet, but I say to people, <clears throat> let's collaborate so that we can create some compound intellectual interest because <laughs> that's, that's really what happens. Every time you go for coffee, I do a Friday's cakes and coffee at the Cafe Agora, right? With So far it's one-on-one, -on -one, but it's slowly gonna grow and I don't know how much I wanna do it, but mm -hmm. it's all this collaboration because every time at least two people are together, it's a mini mastermind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I was thinking that too, like, um, <clears throat> you're right, we gained so much through sharing, um, sharing our personal stories, our personal struggles. And you're right, you know, I have experienced the most amount of personal development, personal growth, uh, um, illuminating blind spots, my own, you know, blind yeah. spots through working this, doing this entrepreneurial journey. There's things about myself that I never knew and I never realized how much I was holding myself back or now I can see myself holding myself back in a way that I never did 
working my nine to five. I was, like you said, I was just focusing on the grind, getting up early, going to work, doing what had to be done, coming home, relaxing, eating. (laughs) It's easy to live um, that state of just unconsciousness. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, bliss. Some people might call that bliss, but just (laughs) not being conscious. But when you have your own business and you're getting out there and you're meeting and interacting with people and and getting those maybe failures or things that didn't turn out the way that you thought that they would, and then re- coming face to face with those parts of yourself that you don't really want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. It, it's a great schoolroom. Yeah. It'll definitely expose your weak spots in a hurry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oftentimes the things that you're weak at, those are just the things that you'll put off. Yeah. Right. I need to do yeah. the thing. Oh. And oh, I'll get to that. Oh, I'll get to that. That's because we're putting it off because we don't want to do it or we don't like to do it. And eventually the people that put everything off for too long end up working for somebody else. Right. Right. Exactly. You got to dig through that. As you both know, as coaches, you got to dig through the stuff you don't want to do or delegate it, but you got to get it done somehow, or you're going to end up on somebody else's payroll in a hurry. And I like what you said, don't grow it alone. You don't have to grow it alone. And especially if you're doing things that your brain is fighting you every step of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then you definitely need some help for sure. It's so funny because we were at an event the other day and we don't do too many live events. I just don't like to go out and do all this stuff as much (laughs) as I did. And we're talking to a gal who has a business and Zelda, I was I wasn't in on the conversation. She's talking to her. She told me about it later. I'm like, what? She's got this business. And we have all this networking and expertise. And she's like, well, why don't you go to this, 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 and this? Well, and then she made all these excuses. I'm like, what is the matter with this person? (laughs) (laughs) You just played it up the whole perfect thing for her to help take her to the next level. But you know what it was, Pat? It's the fear. It's the fear of it's outside. What you were talking about a few minutes ago is all about all the stuff outside of our comfort zone is the stuff that we put the brakes on and that's what holds us back. And, but, that, and that's the thing that we want to get to. The yeah, thing is what we, we want to to is on the other side of that. You have to push right. through those comfort zone adversities that you don't <laughs> like to do in order to succeed in business. It's one of the key components. Yeah. I was curious about your branding change, the brand crafted to idea collective now you've got the what was the rebellion piece yeah small business rebellion yeah small business rebellion yeah Can you talk so, a little bit about why you because basically brand crafted evolved into idea collective correct that's right so yeah. i'm curious to know why you decided to change it from brand crafted which i loved i love brand crafted to idea collective do you feel like it was more specific talk more about that well, I loved the Brandcrafted group. So mm. Brandcrafted, uh, I wanted to bring small business owners together mm. so we could learn from one another. And it was a local initiative. And since we were in Milwaukee and I like craft beer, we started doing Brandcrafted meetups inside oh. uh, the pubs and microbreweries that were all around Milwaukee. So the theme was small business owners together in a brewery. That was the whole concept. Nice. So that's how brand crafted playing off handcrafted became a name. Mm -hmm. And I really liked it. And it was uh, successful and it was local. But when the idea collective started, 
I wanted something that reflected more of a community vibe than a local or anything to do with alcohol vibe. Yeah. So the brand crafted events were great for what they were and it started the mission. But when the idea collective started, uh, I liked the collective name because it spoke to a community and I liked the idea name because of the idea coach. Yeah. So that's kind of how it came together and it was available. I could get my hands on it. Others yeah. weren't using it. I could, I just got done after a year and a half of getting the registered trademark for it. Uh, with Don't Grow It Alone, got the registered trademark for that. With Pat Miller Show, I mean, I've been doing my diligence to secure these names yeah. Um, because you got to. Right. So anyway, so the transition was brand crafted was local and based on getting together where there's beer. Idea Collective was based on online communities and uh, bringing people together in an international platform. And Idea Collective isn't going anywhere. The new event series called The Small Business Rebellion the idea for that is uh, I really want to push back on what I talked about in my TEDx talk is that stat from the SBA that 50% of small business owners will fail. Yeah. And I want to rebel against the status quo that seems to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to get pointed after the idea of small business success or failure and be a little bit more uh, immediate and urgent around the idea that we need to get together or we're going to fail. We mm. need to do something about this because the status quo is not. Mm. So that's where the word rebellion came in uh, because I just will not sit by any longer and watch people who are trying to build their dreams become a statistic. It's just heartbreaking to see. So that's where the rebellion is coming in to um, play because it's a one-day event. It's not an ongoing community. The collective, yeah. that's the community. If you come to the rebellion and love it, then great, join the collective. Yeah. But the rebellion is a one-day event that's going to travel around the Midwest with keynote speakers. And we're going to try and connect people from all over into the Don't Grow It Alone mission. Sounds like it's a feeder piece to the collect idea collective. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. If, if you just met me, hi, I'm Pat Miller. You should join my online community. Well, I don't know those people. I don't know what they're for. Like there's a big trust gap between who am I and who's the group. But if we do a community event, basically an in-person event where people get a chance to live our values and meet others, then the community is not a far space from there. So yes, absolutely. The rebellion event will hopefully feed people into the group because here's the cool thing about communities. Communities get better as they get bigger. Because you meet more like-minded people yep. that have the opportunity to teach and help you grow. Mm -hmm. So I feel an obligation to the Idea Collective members to continue to try and grow it so more great people are brought into the mission. Yeah. Which leads me to my next question. Are you coming up with all these brilliant ideas by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> How does that evolve? <laughs> uh, a lot of workshopping. Um you know, between my wife and I, we have coffee every morning and talk about the business every morning. She's my business coach. I'm her business coach. Okay. Um, I've got a great team around me, Ann Hill and Susie Moon and her team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the vision, yeah, I'm working hard on it. And they are all definitely contributors. There are folks inside the community that I lean on for uh, feedback and collaboration. So, yeah, we're building it, you know, as a group. But the mission and where we're headed is something that I work on every single day. It's my full-time job, which was mission one, by the way. Mission one, when the collective started, was what do I need to do so, such that my only job is the collective? Yeah. And it took a year to get there. But now, you know, I don't carry outside clients. 
I have my VIP groups, which are members of the collective. I have the community and I have the radio show and that's it. So that was mission one to make my job the collective. So when you asked me earlier, how are you doing? And I said, I'm the happiest and most fulfilled that I've ever been. It's yeah. because I've got this terrific group of people that we're all working together so we can be successful. It's fantastic. Nice. And wow. so where where are you choosing to challenge yourself? Like where are those areas that are still kind of, you get a little bit nervous about stepping into a bit of a work in progress, so a to work speak. in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Blind the, spot maybe even. the radio show, the radio show, okay. the radio show and speaking and writing, mm. uh, leaning into saying what I believe and not holding back mm. when you're a broadcaster and you're on the air, you're representing the station, you're representing the station brand, you're, you've got a pre selected target audience that you're trying to fit into. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. When I was on the air in Omaha, uh, we were targeting adult women at work. It was an 80s, 90s and today kind of, they called it adult contemporary. And I was talking to 42 year old women in Omaha who worked for a living at uh, some corporation or something. So everything that I talked about was targeting their life. Mm. In fact, if Patrick liked that station, I was doing something wrong, right? Oh. We didn't want Patrick to like that station. We were only going after women 25 to 54. Okay. Mm. The next day I moved to Milwaukee. We launched oh. a radio station called The Lake, which was an adult hits radio station playing everything from Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin to, you know, contemporary music and that was targeting men and women 2554 so instantly i had to change the things i was talking about and how i presented myself and how it you had to match the audience yeah now that i'm out on my own yeah i've got a target audience but it has to be um i have to spend more time talking about what i believe in saying what i believe to be true because i'm not representing something else i'm representing myself yeah. Uh, so that continues to be a challenge. So to answer the question, being authentic to what I believe and saying what I mean is something that I'm working on every day. Self-expression. Yep. <laughs> nice. yep. Absolutely. So, is there a book on the horizon? I uh, recently, no kidding. Yesterday, we saw you at uh, Andy Wine's event, the book signing. Sunday, we were at the Schwabenhof. Oh, you, you craft beer guy? Great. Oh, I love beer that place. There. Yeah. Um, a, a lady told me, you should write a book. And yesterday, one of the people at the event said, you should write a book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there a, a, any book for you on the horizon? I'm Call sure there will be. I'm I sure there will be. It, it is, um, it's bubbling, right? When we talk about self expression, the thing that, I use as my filter for self-expression is you need to say the thing that must be said. Dave Ramsey said that, mm -hmm. yeah. and I believe it. Say what must be said. Yeah. And right now, the thing that must be said is talking about small business success and the fact that we're not going to stand by and watch everyone fail. And I'm sure I'm going to lean into that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably end up in a book someplace. But One for now, time. I've got an hour each week to fill on radio. So I've, I'm doing a lot of self-expression. It's just not in a book format yet. That takes a lot of work to fill that hour, right? Sure. <laughs> so we're, we're going to wind down here. Anything you want to leave with the, the watchers and the uh, listeners? Any final thoughts on your end? 
I think my final thought is if you've got a dream, chase it. Yeah. Life is too short to build somebody else's dream. If you've got something that you want to see come true, start now, not tomorrow, not next week. Get after it right now because risk is relative, right? If you take an idea and you go try to make it come true and it's only 50% successful, yep. well, you're 50% more successful than if you did nothing. Right. If you sit around and do what other people to do, tell you what to do for the rest of your life, what have you done? Yeah. You played it safe. And I don't yeah. want to see other people not do uh, the thing that drives them. So yeah. I want to encourage people to follow their dreams, make them come true. And the collective and me and all of our folks, we are conditioned and ready to help people yep. make those dreams come true. So that's the message that I want to send to everybody. Nice. Dr. Z, any parting thoughts? Yeah, no, I just, I love that. That, that yeah. is really cool. Yep. And, and I, I feel your commitment. So it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So how's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, best ways on our website, ideacollectiveincubator.com. IdeaCollectiveIncubator.com or I'm all over LinkedIn as well uh, is another great place to do it. And it's, yeah, we'll definitely. You know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the radio show's there, the yeah. community's there, the events are there, but it all kind of starts on the website. And uh, if you're out there trying to build your business, I'd love to get to know you. One stop nice. shop. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes. Great. All right. And on that note, thank you in advance. <laughs> Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking. And growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing.